Hello and welcome to Yours Mentally, a podcast that discusses issues that we all have on our mind but are too afraid to speak on. Our podcast is a safe space for anyone who wants to discover more about and improve their mental well-being. On so on today's episode of Yours Mentally, we have with us Manish Shekhar Das Gupta, who is a counseling psychologist and co-founder at Gulmohar Counseling and Experiential Learning Services. He works from a humanistic existential orientation, focusing on the existential concerns of one's life. He has also co-facilitated workshops, discussion, and support. Apart, apart from so, psychology, he enjoys music, movies, driving, and reading. We're so so happy to have you on this episode, Manish. So on today's episode, where we talk about unhealthy relationships, Manish, my first question is: What are the red flags in a relationship? Thank you, Aman, for that question. Uh, before we understand and go into the depth of understanding the red flags in a relationship, I think it's important we understand uh, relationships here and you know romantic relationships in particular. So when two individuals uh, get together, uh, there there are elements of the individual. So individ- a person A has his own self, uh, has their own self, and the person B has their own self. Now, when person A and person B get together, there's a third entity or a third element that is created, which is their relationship. Uh, red flags uh, in a relationship can be ones where the two individuals who have gotten into the relationship forget that they are also separate entities, that they have their own individuality outside of the relationship. This is something that we call as enmeshment where the boundaries between the two individuals are so blurred that they are unable to distinguish one from the other. All right. So sometimes, uh, you know, that's there's that very fa- uh, famous Hindi saying that goes, uh, something like that, right? Uh, that symbolizes enmeshment where there is ek jan. That's a very big uh, red flag in a relationship. So a good healthy relationship is one where the entity of the relationship is respected, is upheld. And at the same time, the individuality of the partners in the relationship is respected and upheld. So enmeshment can be one major uh, red flag where there is blurring of boundaries. A few other uh, red flags uh, in, a, in the relationship can be, say, you know, when there is a lot of uh, anxiety, a lot of mistrust uh, towards the partner that can come about where you have a lot of difficulty uh, trusting your partner, you're, uh, you know, every day you're anxious about something going wrong, about this person leaving you or you being left alone or you. Uh, are uh, you know you are thinking that you want to leave this person so a lot of anxiety underlying anxiety can be another very major red flag in a relationship because in a relationship in a romantic relationship it is imperative that you feel good that you feel calm that you feel connected now these feelings may not persist all the time but it's important that you feel these primarily but if you're feeling anxious fear then you know these are certain signs that need to be looked upon so i would you know to start off these two would be uh, important red flags in a relationship right uh, also another major red flag would be controlling where you feel like you know you need to control either the partner or the situation in which the partner is in so one way would be if a partner is going through something a, a, a difficulty or like you know you are going through a major difficulty instead of trusting each other you try to fix the problems for one another now that can be another red flag in a relationship because you're again disrespecting in many subtle ways the other person's individuality yeah absolutely so how do you know when you should stop trying to make amends and just give up in a relationship oh there's no particularly direct answer as to when to give up it would again depend on couple to couple person to person but if it is getting too much for you 
if it's too overwhelming where you see yourself losing uh in this relationship where you see no happiness uh no anchorment because relationships also serve the function of anchoring you in some way or the other where you feel that the other person is taking you for granted or your own mental peace is you know devastated to an extent where you feel there is no escape now mind you it's important that when we talk about relationships and unhealthy relationships in specific it's not black and white it's not like a relationship is healthy and the relationship is unhealthy sometimes you know the signs and uh, prevalence of a healthy relationship uh, the symptoms of a healthy relationship can actually be seen in an unhealthy one and what sometimes we may categorize as an unhealthy relationship those signs and those uh, you know ways of being can be seen in healthy relationships as well so it's important to understand the relationship in context specifically uh, when but to answer the question when you should stop trying would be when it's it's getting too much where you're losing yourself you've lost all hope lost all faith you're being taken for granted uh it's you feel trapped you know that's one important feeling to identify is that where you feel suffocated uh with a particular person uh where you feel like your growth you know uh, so trapped suffocated and where you feel that your growth is not happening here where you feel stagnant now these are certain times these are certain emotions and certain realities that you can identify and then perhaps to decide okay, okay you know i can't take this anymore so you know that can be one way of going about it right uh, so manish do you think insecurity and jealousy are a sign that your partner cares about you or does it always have negative effects and results and like a bad outcome hmm. all right here what's important for us to know and uh, acknowledge that insecurity and jealousy are normal feelings to have i can be insecure about my partner my partner can be insecure about uh, me as well i can be jealous about my partner my partner can also be jealous about me as well it is natural it is only normal that as humans we sometimes feel insecure that we sometimes feel envious or jealousy and at the same time anything on the extreme is when you know the catch happens so if you're feeling constantly insecure that this partner is going to leave you or you're constantly jealous of you know the other the other party other partner's life their life situation or of them and if if you find them happy and you are being jealous of their happiness on a constant everyday basis that's when you know it's a sign where it can have negative effects in the relationship because sometimes insecurity and jealousy can be fun it can be a form of play ki hey you know that thing that you did i felt insecure it's important to communicate when you're feeling insecure it's important to communicate when you're feeling jealousy but if the relationship is just based on insecurity if the relationship's foundation has jealousy in it that's when a lot of controlling behavior comes in that's when a lot of it can either be controlling where you're trying to control the partner or the situation or it can be an avoiding behavior where you put a cold shoulder towards your partner you become emotionally unavailable you ignore them you know and these behaviors are shown in many different ways because you're unable to express your insecurity now when a particular individual in a relationship a relationship feels insecure or jealous more often than not they also feel small in it 
you know in relationships power is a very important role power always uh, is present more often than not and so the individual feeling insecure or feeling jealous might feel small that hey i will be left alone by this partner this partner has it better this person has it better so when it is on an everyday basis you know when it's too much then it's uh, more often than not results in a bad outcome like i mentioned of controlling of uh, giving a cold shoulder of you know being emotionally unavailable of feeling small uh, can even impact uh, the individual's self esteem and self worth as well because so many times we tend to look at ourselves through the lens of our partner and that again sometimes can be a bit problematic when we start doing that right apps manish i want to ask you something over here uh, i recently uh, saw like a video which says that in a relationship mm-hmm. trust uh, is inversely proportional to the amount of communication so basically uh, more the trust less the communication like you mm-hmm. know you don't need your partner to every time you don't need your partner to tell you every time where he or she is going or what he or she is mm-hmm. doing so you know when there is more communication that means there's less trust do you agree with that uh no not necessarily because it would depend on the level of the relationship all right so if two people have just gotten into a relationship right, and they have known each other for say, six months or nine months or even a year and now they have started to start dating you know to be in a romantic relationship communication is imminent that doesn't mean that they don't trust each other it could just be like they're expressive people so it depends on the individual's personality as well the people who are in the relationship if an individual who is less expressive you know and see that that's the thing about trust communication is not always verbal it can be very much non verbal as well and more often than not it is the non verbal cues that make or break a relationship when you are with someone for a long period of time little little things you you know it you catch it so i would actually disagree with the statement that like you know trust is inversely proportional to communication because here communication might be looked at only through verbal means of expression you know communication is so non verbal as well because a particular uh, you know a particular twitch in their facial expression can mean something to them and you as a partner can and only you as a partner can notice and observe them you can see subtle changes in their body language in their facial expressions and you can perhaps make out what they might be feeling or they might be thinking so communication happens every day not always verbal more often than not sometimes can be non verbal so in terms of time if we were to bring in time here and the more time you are with someone communication as a result of time starts becoming more and more non verbal but that doesn't mean that you're not communicating you're still communicating right so i would sort of disagree with that statement and if i may expand on here again like uh, uh, the first thing that i was talking about was uh, the stage of the relationship right so if you have just begun dating you would want to talk verbally express more you would want to know each other more you would want to tell each other where you are and you know what you're doing that doesn't necessarily mean that there is no trust it's just something that you enjoy doing it's just something you want your partner to know hey i'm here and you want your partner to tell you that hey you are here that might that has that might may or may not have anything to do with trust at all it's just who you are as people and whereas on the other hand two people might be someone who do not like verbal communication as much and they just know you know that their partner is somewhere and they're okay and they'll check in on each other say once a day or twice a day and that's about it for them so to make a generalized statement that communication is inverse trust is inversely proportionate to uh, communication i would disagree with that because of the reasons like i mentioned especially uh, for us to acknowledge and know that communication is also very much non verbal right especially in romantic relationships 
Absolutely. Right. So uh, my next question is that most people know when they're in toxic or unhealthy relationships, but they don't want to accept the fact that they're in one. So how does mm -hmm. one get out of the state of denial and mentally detached from such a relationship? Hmm. Yeah, this is an interesting question and perhaps warrants somewhat of an elaborate answer. The first thing would be to circle back. You know, why do people get into, say, sad or toxic relationships? Now, what happens is that more often than not, we colloquially throw around the word toxic. Sometimes it may not be toxic. It may be, you know, unhealthy. It may be uh, something that you're not okay with, but not necessarily toxic, you know? So for us to also be mindful of the usage of that term. Now, uh, considering that there is a tox there is toxicity in this relationship, say where there is emotional abuse, there is verbal abuse, or in some extreme cases, physical abuse as well. And the individuals or the partners in the relationship continue to persist. Why is that? The question there is that, how did the individual get into this relationship, right? There's a lot of uh, psychodynamic theories that explain this. There's a lot of attachment uh, theories that explain this. So for now, let's just try to understand these through sort of a attachment lens, all right? Now, a lot of times we get into particular relationships because of the relationship we have had with our parents or because of the relationships our parents have had with each other. More often than not, we imitate a parent in a relationship. It may not be prevalent all the time, but in so many of the relationships mm -hmm. it is, especially if you have not gone to therapy and have not worked on your you know, childhood uh, issues and childhood challenges and childhood uh, bad experiences that you may have had, right? As a result of which we sometimes imitate uh, the relationships that we have seen growing up as a child because of which we may end up say being in a toxic or in an alhendi relationship because this is what we call this patterns we call these patterns that we repeat or we see over time so certain adult relationships certain teenage relationships also can uh, symbolize uh, these patterns so if you look back you know if someone's listening to this and if you look back and if you have had multiple partners across times and if you look back uh, there may be certain traits or characteristics that you look for in a person and all the previous exes or the partners may or may not have represented, uh, mostly have, may have represented, uh, you know, those characteristics, uh, especially from, say, a parental figure. Because of this, right, what they tend to happen is that they tend to associate now. Uh, so that's the precedent, basically, in a past uh, childhood experience is the precedent. What happens as a result of that is that sometimes, more often than not, there is low self-esteem, uh, low self-worth, and then the other partner uh, validates your existence. You feel validated. You feel good about yourself because love and you know, romantic feelings can be like that. It can mean the world to you, especially if, say, if you have been feeling isolated or lonely and having someone can mitigate those concerns, uh, you know, especially these existential concerns. But then what happens is that after a point, the validation, the love is not enough. Uh, it gets too much. It gets overwhelming. And you start recognizing, you start feeling suffocated. You start feeling, hey, this is unhealthy. You start feeling that I'm not growing here. But you still continue to do so because the denial comes sometimes from a fear of being alone, from a fear of being isolated. Sometimes there's a lot of pain that we are carrying, a lot of hurt that we are carrying, especially from our childhood. 
so to take a stand and to leave a relationship that is unhealthy can be overwhelming can be too much can be unfathomable for someone especially if they do not have therapeutic support and when i say therapeutic support it need not always mean therapy it can also actually mean having a good uh, support system of friends whose friendship in itself is say i'm using the adjective here therapeutic right i'm not saying mm -hmm. that friends give therapy but sometimes the presence of friends the warmth that they can provide can be therapeutic all right now what happens is that you know th this is exactly why uh, they are unable to say mentally detach themselves from their relationship because their attachment is based from emotions and experiences that they may not have addressed through their childhood all right what happens is that when you get into a relationship that person becomes a very important part of your life if you start to associate your identity with that person, then even more, so you're letting them in even more and more. In toxic or unhealthy relationships, boundaries are blurred. You know, there are a lot of uh, nuances, a lot of uh, gray areas, as a result of which you start associating your own identity with that person. So then letting go of that person would, in so many ways, mean letting go of yourself. And you don't want to do that, because what will you be if you let go of yourself? So these are a lot of underlying mechanisms that operate. And one last reason would be a lack of safety net. What I mean by safety net is that when you're leaving a relationship, an unhealthy one, it's like falling off a table or it's like falling off of a high surface. And once you fall off, you need a safety net to hold you. Friends can be that. Family can be that. But if you lack that, if you lack a safety net in terms of family, if you lack a safety net in terms of friends, it can be even more difficult to leave uh, or move away from this unhealthy relationship. And that's why people continue to do so. Again, one I already said that the one last thing would be to stay is about control because to leave is uncertain. If you leave an unhealthy relationship, you do not know what your future looks like. There's a lot of apprehensive regret you start apprehending that you will regret leaving this person. You start thinking that you will always be alone, that you will never find love, that you will never find a romantic partner. And that is why you choose to continue to be in this relationship because the uncertain is unknown and the unknown is scary. But here right now being in an unhealthy relationship is also can be suffocating, is also not helpful, but it's something that you know, you know, it's habitual. So you'd rather stick with a unhealthy habit then you know jump into something that is uncertain and all of these happens very subconsciously sometimes consciously as well but some of so many of these are subconscious unconscious mechanisms that only come about within the therapeutic context i hope i hope that answers your question here you know why people stay stuck in unhealthy relationships yes yes definitely that was very very insightful actually so um now my next question is that everyone changes in small aspects through the course of a relationship but when does one draw a line between changing yourself for the better and losing your individualism for the sake of the other person? Right. Uh, a healthy relationship here, one, would be where you and your partner care about each other's growth. All right, you want the partner to grow. If that means that in the future you leaving this partner or your partner leaving you, you are okay with that. Because then your attachment is more often than not secure. You know that this partner is here for you and you truly care for this partner. You truly, truly, really love this partner. I'm not, again, judging other forms of love. This is, again, 
a particular way of looking at this this can be looked at from different levels so that would be sort of a disclaimer here all right now coming back growth is the important aspect here constant growing and growing is not always linear it's curvy linear you go up and down you go back and forth so that's the thing about growth but change is also so many times associated with growth you're changing and you are growing for yourself but if you find yourself changing for the partner which is basically means what is the intentionality and the motivation for your change is your change for the other person to make the other person happy to uh, feel to address your anxiety and insecurity in your relationship then you're changing for said wrong reasons and when i say wrong reasons that might not be best for you but if you're changing for yourself and you're changing alongside your partner then that change is okay healthy encouraged so your intentionality for change is important so for instance say someone uh, let me use a concrete example here say a particular partner smokes cigarettes all right now uh, and get now has gotten into a relationship the partner says that hey i don't like you smoking cigarettes can you quit for me now quit for me is the catch if the partner decides to quit for themselves all right that's a right that's the right way of going about it because they're quitting for their own health right but if the partner quits for the other person for the partner then they're quitting for reasons that will not work out because if this partner breaks up and more often than not relationships end they will go back to smoking right so you see this one concrete example explains change habits little little behaviors are important and you need to do things that are for yourself keeping yourself in mind now that is not to say that you become inconsiderate about the other partner no so going back to the previous example you want to quit smoking and you see that your smoking is you know negatively impacting your partner it makes your partner unhappy and you really really want to quit so that is a reason that is a reason that has weighed in but another reason for you wanting to quit is also your own health is also your own stamina is also your own body so the two reasons are combining with each other they're complementing each other and you're making a decision to quit right that can be a healthy uh, thinking about yourself decision while at the same time taking into consideration what your partner is telling you but if you're quitting only because your partner wants to now that's a catch that you need to think about and be mindful of that because it might not work out in the longer run yeah so that would be my answer here in terms of change and using this example of say quitting cigarettes yeah so manish uh, i have one i have a question to ask you mm-hmm. maybe a bit cliche but uh, say for example this is like a situation i'm i'm in a relationship with someone and my partner does not like me doing this podcast you know because i put in too much work to too much of my time into it and i'm not giving as much time mm-hmm. to the relationship and say for example i do decide to step mm-hmm. down from the podcast and i don't tell mm-hmm. my partner and then later you know when the relationship doesn't work out or something happens and i'm like mm-hmm. you know i did this for you and the partner responds saying mm-hmm. but i didn't ask you to what do you who do you think is being you know the wrong one you the person who's saying i did this for you or the person who said that i never okay. asked you so here that's a really uh, interesting and good question aman here uh, i'm smiling uh, here when you ask this question because it's a very real thing it happens so much and it's so prevalent uh, people leave jobs people leave friendships people leave things that they enjoy you know such as gaming playing hanging out with you know your friends your 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 gang 
and when i say that i'm also hmm. taking all the genders here you know i'm not just focusing on men or women i'm talking about everything you know all the people uh, we leave things hmm. that we like that we enjoy that we are passionate about because the partner uh, you know doesn't like it or has hmm. certain things to say now that can be a very natural phenomenon here say for instance taking your example and you know taking you as an hypothetical example yeah because you brought yourself up here would be okay so say your partner doesn't like that you know you're doing this podcast and you're putting a lot of time and effort into this right how is she feeling mm-hmm. right is it about the podcast or is it about her right as a therapist i'm i'm telling you it's about her mm-hmm. it's about her feelings right i'm not judging her here because her feelings are valid your partner the partner might feel dejected the partner might feel that my partner is not giving me enough time the partner might feel being taken for granted so your work is not the issue here the partner's feelings are the issue here so when you decide to leave your work all right which is basically the podcast what you're actually doing is you're not addressing the issue at all because the issue or the focus should be the partner's feelings and not your work all right the ideal way would have been to focus on the partner's feelings to talk to her or them about it ki hey what is it about my work that you don't like what are your feelings about it can we talk about your feelings how does me giving time to my work or giving time to say playing games or hanging out with my people make you feel if the partner says that hey i feel dejected or i feel taken for granted then that is what you need to address and not quitting the job because you have not addressed the problem you have not addressed the feeling the feeling stay so say you move on and then six months down the line the partner leaves you and then you tell them that hey i left my job because of you and the partner is like i never asked you to well perhaps in direct indirect ways she may have she may not have asked you to but the focus never got addressed which was her feelings and at the same time your feelings as well about how she feels uh, that you're putting in too much time and effort so she says she is feeling taken for granted what are you feeling are you feeling angry are you feeling irritated or is it something that you can you know talk to your partner about and truly truly understand can you pause can you reflect and understand your partner's needs all right so what's important when we talk about unhealthy relationships when we talk about these nuances is that no one is right or wrong all right we all are feeling people so all of us have our feelings all of us have our subjective realities sometimes in relationships these subjective realities get clash that's where conflict happens right and in a conflict no one is right or wrong in a conflict there are emotions that come about and those emotions need to be addressed so it's about working through it doesn't mean like you know you leave someone just because things are not working through no you work through your struggles you work through your challenges uh not every difficulty not every pain not every turmoil warrants leaving a relationship or quitting a relationship no if you have the emotional bandwidth if you have the intentionality of working in a relationship together both of you are you both of you might be on different pages about a lot of different things but if both of you are on the same page on working on this relationship go for it go for therapy go for couples therapy go for individual therapy talk to people about it work it out right so that's how i would you know answer this very real life problem that you brought about i'm a very good question it's very prevalent thank you okay so my next question is even though an equal relationship is based on the foundation of 50 50 there's compromising on your part when your partner is going through a difficult time make the relationship uh, see one direct answer that comes to my mind you know based on the framing of the question would be no 
it doesn't because if your partner is going through a difficult time mentally emotionally or uh, financially right and you're making certain uh, physically and you're making certain compromises to make the relationship work it's what's expected you know it can't be all roses and like you know beautiful sunflowers it is uh, difficult times that make or break a relationship so if you're compromising on certain things for your partner and you are being mindful of these compromises all right you know what you're doing and your intentionality is clear i keep highlighting in relationships intentionality is so important because so many times we automatically get into a relationship or we jump relationships like we're jumping ships and then you know one after the other we are in one relationship and we are in another relationship and we never really pause and think what are we doing here why am i with this person right so in terms of compromises also it's equally important that you pause right you understand your partner's needs and if the partner's mm -hmm. needs is that okay that you make certain compromises for her you do it you know and if that's what you really really want to do and if that's not something that you want to do then you need to talk about it and then that can go a number of ways so to use an example here to concretize this say your partner uh, is going through a major depressive episode or is going through a very hard time in their family and needs your support now the support could mean a compromise on your part of spending less time with your friends all right or spending less time going out to play something that you play or you know meeting other people now you know that you know your partner is going through a very rough time and your partner needs this so you make a conscious decision and you inform your friends and you inform your other people that hey my partner needs me right now because my partner is going through abc problems you need not tell your friends and other people exact nature of the problems because confidentiality and relationships right but you inform every party involved because you know what happens is that when you start making compromises and you start seeing changes without letting other people know other people in your life start wondering hey what's happening with you it's important that in a relationship it's not just about you and your partner but it's also about the relationships that you have with other people as well so the other people need not be involved in your relationship but they can be informed about your relationship that hey my partner and i are going through a rough time so i might not hang out with you people more often right i might take some time off because she is going through abc and like you know i hope you understand you respect my choice and then you pay attention to your partner here what is happening your intentionality is clear you have heard your partner and you want to make sure that you're there for your partner because your partner is going through a rough time b you have informed other people that are part of your life that that you are making a behavioral change and they might see some changes in you so others are also prepared uh, you know to know what's happening and c you are balancing it out you're balancing your other relationships your other friendships your work your job everything and your partner right and you see your partner will also see that trust is important that oh yeah my partner is making out time for me because i'm going through a rough time right so it need not necessarily make the relationship an unhealthy one but you know 180 degree turn you your partner asks you something you don't process it emotionally you just automatically start uh, you know focusing on your partner need partner's needs and you forget everything about your life you don't inform any of your friends you don't inform your family no one and uh, not your job nothing and you just focus on your partner that can be an unhealthy one because that's on the extreme the first example that i gave is a balanced one you're not only focusing on your partner's needs you're also focusing on your needs because you're committing communicating effectively to other people around you as well and you're telling them that hey i'm i'm not going to meet you every day i'll still see you guys though you know so that's how a balanced compromise can also work so yeah i hope that makes sense here yeah.
Right. So lastly, Manish, uh, mm-hmm. I'll ask you this one last question. I recently read something which says that you should never help someone with the intention of expecting back. Basically, you know, don't expect back when you're giving. Do you think that that's and because that 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 becomes a transaction? So do you think that's a sign of an unhealthy relationship? Uh, expecting it back? need not necessarily be a sign of an unhealthy relationship, but expectations lead to disappointments, right? And disappointments are hurtful. So yes, it's in an ideal world for sure that you know we don't expect and there are no transactions, but we don't live in an ideal world. But the world that we live in deals with transactions. So the key then becomes to again pause and be mindful of these said transactions uh, that we are engaging in. So when you're helping someone, what is your intentionality of helping them? And if there is something that you're expecting back from them, what is it? Be mindful of it. And how can you provide yourself that? So that would be one way of going about it. So in an ideal world, again, no transactions for sure, but we are in a transactional world. And so many times it's just quid pro quo in terms of, uh, you know, friendship, love and warmth as well. So, yeah. Okay. So that was quite a good episode. Uh, I learned quite a lot from it. To be fair, gave me a lot of perspective. Thank you. Thank you, you, Anish, for being with us. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode.